I'm Marco Werman. This is The World. Let's check in with Mali in West Africa, where a lot's going on. But few journalists have been allowed into the northern part of Mali since Islamists took control of the region earlier this year. The news that does trickle out is grim. The imposition of Sharia law means that the normal rhythms of life, music and dancing, even drinking tea, have been severely disrupted. And for those who defy the law, there's severe punishment. Recently, Paul Mben, a Malian journalist who writes for Germany's Spiegel newspaper, did manage to get into northern Mali. The world's Clark Boyd has a story. Paul Mben says he had to prepare very carefully for his journey into northern Mali. It took weeks of negotiating safe passage with some of the Islamist authorities that now control the region. He had to follow a strict dress code, pants that reach the ankles, for example, the kind of trousers, he writes, that radical Muslims believe the Prophet Muhammad favored. Mbed endured checkpoint after checkpoint on his way north from the capital, Bamako. The men at the checkpoints, he writes, repeated through a megaphone, no cigarettes, no CDs, no radios, no cameras, no jewelry. Eventually, he reached the cities of Gao and Kidal. Speaking through an interpreter, Mben told the BBC about his reporting trip. For instance, the situation in in Gao uh, was controlled by Islamist radical grouping, and uh, life is very difficult. There is no work. Uh, hotels are closed. In Kidal, the city is controlled by a Tuareg rebel group and the Al-Qaeda elements. Life is also very, very difficult. And so the situation is very tense and um, people have to obey to Islamist uh, groups which uh, impose the Sharia. Ben writes that Gao, a city of 100,000 people, has become a lifeless place. The city was once a stopping point for tourists on the road to Timbuktu. But no more. Shops have been boarded up. Trash collection has ceased, leaving piles of garbage rotting in 100-plus degree heat. The main employer now? The Islamic police, whose headquarters, Ben Riley notes, are on Washington Street. And those police are always visible, always on the lookout for people violating Sharia law. Well, what is more visible when you are in, in the city is people don't smoke in the streets, uh, they, they can't listen to music. In the north, they used to like to sit and have tea. They're no longer doing that. And if you get caught doing any of that, Ben says, you could find yourself in prison, or worse. I've seen one amputation in Gao. It was a, a young man. He had been arrested uh, five times for stealing cattle, and uh, he was reselling them in in Niger. And the amputation took place in a barrack uh, in Gao. Uh, It was in a room, small room. And the young man was, uh, he received some anesthetic, and then uh, a man came with a knife and cut his uh, hand. Two days later, Mben says, the young man died from loss of blood. He says what he saw in Gao still gives him nightmares. Despite this kind of terror, Mben met Malians who have chosen to stay in the north. One young woman told him that the Islamists have destroyed her life. They should all burn in hell, she said. During Mben's three weeks in northern Mali, he says he never stayed in one place for more than a night. And sometimes he slept in the desert. He lived in constant fear that the Islamists would find his camera. Seven uh, gunmen were um, looking for me. And, uh, I mean, obviously they would have searched my bags, my camera, whatever. And I was really frightened that day. 
Even though he's back in Bamako now, Mben says he still fears for himself and his family. As for the situation in northern Mali, the Economic Community of West African States, or ECOWAS, says it will send more than 3,000 troops to help Malian government forces oust the Islamists from the north. But analysts say it could be months before such help arrives. European and NATO officials have said that they will only provide intelligence and logistics support for such an operation. For The World, this is Clark Boyd.